Hello, and welcome to the Week 1 podcast of the International Water Association's Digital World Water Congress 2021. I'm Keith Hayward, editor of IWA's magazine, The Source. We're only halfway through, but it's clear the event is a great success, with more than 2,200 participants tuning in from around the world to hear the international lineup of speakers across the 51 sessions of the Congress. To mark the halfway point, we're going to hear from a few of the key people who've been involved so far. And to start off, let's hear from Professor David Sedlak of UC Berkeley, who really set the scene for the whole event with a great opening keynote. Hello, David. Hi, Keith. How are you? Great, thanks. Well, you set the scene for the Congress with, with a great keynote. And you know, as we reflect on the first week, can you briefly set the scene for us here, summing up the mix of specific challenges around water, but also the overall sense of urgency that you see around these? Sure, Keith. Well, it was a great opportunity to sit down and think about the issues that face us to get ready for my keynote. And what I've come to recognize in all the free time I've had over the past year is that Water challenges have always had a sense of urgency, but it seems like that's really coming to a point where we need to redouble our efforts and think about how to use the resources that we have that society has given us to face this challenge in the most efficient way possible. And we've seen a lot of changes over the Uh, five or six decades through which we've really started to apply ourselves to the question of water scarcity and water pollution and overall sustainability. And now we're starting to get to a point where it's time to make some major investments in rethinking the legacy systems that many cities operate with and the systems that are going to be built as we see rapid urbanization and expansion worldwide. That's great. Well, uh, that's the, the challenges, but you, you highlighted in your keynote that there's a great many opportunities to, to respond to the challenges. And this is especially in terms of technology. How would you sum up the potential of that, that diverse mix of technologies? Well, in the keynote, I talked about this idea of a next path as my optimistic view of the way in which we can take the technologies that have started to mature over the past three decades and put them together with the knowledge that we've acquired about what I refer to as the soft path, that is the policy approaches to making water systems more efficient, and bring those together to start reinventing the way in which we manage water and apply technologies. And so in the area of technologies, what we have to remember is that there is an incredible lag time between when an idea is first invented until we see those early pilots and prototypes and then the maturation of industries. And then we reach a point where, hey, it's time to build these things at scale. And I think that's one of the things that we've seen in areas like seawater desalination and potable water reuse over the past decade. And now with advances in information technology, our knowledge of biological processes and the improvements in manufacturing and materials, it seems like the world's poised for 
a continuation of those changes. And I think it's a really exciting time to be involved in trying to address the water challenges that the world faces. Well, well, thank you. And we've had a week of of presentations from people who are who are doing just that across the water spectrum, engaging with those challenges. But some of the challenges are daunting. How optimistic are you about the road ahead and the, the willingness and ability to take these types of developments forward for solving water challenges? Well, it's it's not going to be simple. It's not straightforward, and there's certainly not one solution that works everywhere. And I think that's one of the things that strikes me looking at the, uh, at the conference uh, agenda is that there are many different water problems. Some of them are solvable with policy solutions, and others will be much easier to solve if we marshal the latest and greatest in technologies and still others are seemingly intractable at the moment and are going to require some more innovation going forward. So I guess the answer to that is we should have a sense of optimism that problems that seemed insurmountable uh, a decade or two ago are now things that we can readily address. And hopefully those problems that the world faces that seem like we, we don't yet have the technologies by the time society is able to make the kinds of investments that are necessary, the technologies will be arriving. So maybe I'm cautiously optimistic about the overall prognosis for technologies. I think we still need a lot more public policy and dedication of society to solve these problems and changes in behavior. But between the institutional changes, the uh, societal rededication to investing in these problems, and the technological innovations coming from the research community, I think we can get close to solving the world's big water problems. Well, you you really set the tone for the event with your keynote. So uh, thank you very much, David Sedlak. Thank you. The Congress is built around a comprehensive technical program. It is here the kind of developments David mentioned get revealed. So next, we hear from Professor Evelyn Volker and Professor Jörg Keller, co-chairs of the Congress Programme Committee. Evelyn, it must feel great to have this, this event up and running. Yes, really, sure. We, well, of course, we were also disappointed when the uh, original um, World Water Congress uh, 2020 in Copenhagen had to be postponed. And everybody um, has shown um, himself so resilient in, in putting everything together again, a new program. And I think we are all very happy that we have been able to recover the valuable content that was originally submitted and that we are very glad that it is now out and presented to the wider audience. That's great. Thank you. And, and yeah, presumably you share those feelings. Yes, absolutely. And, and it's, it's been actually really good. I mean, we've been sort of talking about this Congress and Congress and then, and then made it a digital one. And, and when we made that decision, it was sort of, oh, gee, is, is this going to work? And now it's running and we have more than 2,200 registered uh, participants. And that's really quite amazing to actually get that, that um, engagement happening. And, and it feels like we're actually talking to each other in, in many ways, even though we're, not, we're mostly not physically in the same place. But it's, it's great to actually have something going now. Thank you very much, Jürgen. Now, 
Evelyn, you're both co-chairs, but I expect there's been a real team effort by the committee behind all of this. Absolutely. We are just the spokespersons, in fact. This program has been put together in a joint effort by a program committee consisting of 25 members, and they are from all, all around the globe, from uh, various stakeholder groups, academia, research institutes, governance agencies, water utilities, also industry, and they are all experts in diverse aspects of the water sector. Well, that, that's great. Uh, these efforts really are coming through and what people are seeing, and, and Jörg, We've seen a great range of sessions this week on the programme committee. What is it you've aimed to achieve in terms of the, the diversity of the programme? Yeah, that's, I mean, as, as always, I mean, we're, we're sort of responding in a sense to what is being submitted. But at the same time, we're also trying to actually create a real programme rather than just sort of a collection of what, whatever um, topics and presentations that people have, um, have submitted. So that was one of the big efforts is to actually have have a series of themes that then also within them have have some consistencies and and some real some sessions that are actually really trying to tie tie in together well and, and we're certainly seeing that so evelyn perhaps um reflecting on what Jörg said there and picking up on that there are some themes and topics that you've tried to emphasize can you give a, a bit of a view on what those are and why you've given emphasis to them Yes, um, well, there are the main, the six main themes that we have defined on beforehand. Uh, and within those themes, there were some subtopics and we have established them uh, together with the whole program committee. Also uh, together with the committee of Copenhagen at the time, they had particular focuses, uh, which are important in Denmark, such as for instance, a groundwater topic. Uh, you see more often than at previous World Water Congresses. Then there is a water wise cities, which is also a big topic and then there are some other cross-cutting topics uh, such as the digital water program uh, of Iowa. It is always there, it is so often a hidden aspect and we have now tried to flag it. Yeah, what, what are you hoping people be able to take away from this Congress? Well I think one of the things that we obviously decided when we, when we said okay we'll run the digital um, Congress is that there's so much material, so much information and, and findings or whatever that people were keen to present that they actually needed to be able to do that. And, that, and I think that's the, the opportunity that obviously this digital Congress has given them. But what I also realized is because it is digital now, it's actually seemed to be able to be attractive to people that otherwise wouldn't necessarily be able to, to come to the physical Congress. So I think it's really created that opportunity for a far broader engagement that um, is really helpful. And I think it's really valuable. And that's probably one of the benefits of having actually a digital Congress. The program of the Congress is the core, but it is a hub around which other things happen. And a highlight of the first week has been the awarding of the IWA Global Water Award. This year, Recipient is Professor Marcos von Sperling of Brazil for a contribution to the sector that is especially about connecting research and practice. And I have Professor von Sperling here. Hello, Marcos. Hello, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for the invitation. That's great. And um, so really just to start up with then, what's your reaction to being this year's winner of the Global Water Award? Oh, I was very happy uh, the feeling uh, that I was very honored 
with the uh, importance of the award. And after uh, this feeling of happiness comes the excellent feeling that yes, it was worthwhile. When I look back to the, my 40 years of career, it gives the support that everything that I did was worthwhile. And I felt that I worked with passion. I love what I do. And I have also the feeling that this is shared by most IWA members. We work with passion. We love what we do. And this is very important. That's lovely. Thank you. And, and as I say, you've, you've focused a great deal on this need to connect research and practice. Now, why is that so important? Well, research is very important. But research is not an end in itself. Research should reveal us something. Either we should improve the understanding of one process, the mechanisms behind something that we want to be applicable. In our case of water and sanitation, so research should prepare us and deliver contents for us to devise practical solutions that can be really implemented. So research is very important, but the application of research is of foremost importance. And in many times, this connection is not easy. And we should strive to keep this because this is very, very important, especially uh, when we take into account developing countries in which uh, I live. And most of my work has been devoted to developing countries. Well, okay, that's great. But following on from that... Um it's not so easy maybe what are some of the lessons that have emerged from your experiences about how to go about this how to bring solutions forward well being involved uh, with research and application research and practice uh, what i understand is that okay especially for developing countries we need to devise solutions when we think in terms of water and sanitation that are simple. They should be simple to conceive, simple to design, simple to build, simple to operate, and simple to maintain. If one of these stages is not uh, successful, uh, the entire solution will not be sustainable over the long run. So that's why I think applied research that shows us good solutions, not only from the technological point of view, but solutions which can be uh, very well embedded into the context of each locality, they are very, very important. Our world is very broad, and we need to come to the right solution to each specific application. Thank you. Well, when you find these things out, also then there's a case of people sharing their experiences, and perhaps then we can connect that with looking at the Congress. We've had one week, another week to go, what for you are the biggest strengths of, of having these broad IWA events? Well, I like very much the combination of conferences that IWA provides us. The World Congress and the Specialist Group Conferences. What I like very much on the broad World Conferences is the diversity. Diversity of topics, diversity of views. And also, it's an excellent opportunity for us to see what is new in the world, but also the combination with the specialist groups that come spread over the uh, year calendar with so many important uh, events, uh, we can go in depth into some specific topics. So I think if an IWA member uh, is able to participate at both types of conference, 
uh, he or she will be able to get the best of the world. And congratulations for the organization of this superb event. All the challenge in making it fully digital, it is really a success. Well, that's a great note to finish on, and we look forward to the, the week ahead. So thank you, Marcus von Sperling. Thank you very much. It was a great opportunity. It's great to hear Marcos emphasising the professional value of IWA. And so next, we turn to those in the early part of their careers, the young water professionals, and hear from Ines Breda, who's on the IWA YWP board in Denmark. Hello, Ines. How have you found the Congress so far and what for you are some of the highlights? Yeah, it has been such a lovely Congress, um, such a great opportunity to um, understand what is been going on with regards to research in the sector. Um, I am part of the program committee and I'm responsible for theme three, which is drinking water and potable reuse. Um, therefore, I'm following that theme very closely. Um, however, there are two other things that I'm very interested on. One is um, sessions that um, make me question some practical knowledge on, on the water sector because I work as a technology supplier in Denmark. Uh, so I'm very interested in research that makes us improve or question our current practices. Uh, and then I'm also interested in stakeholder engagement. And we do have a theme uh, for communication and stakeholder engagement. Uh, but I think that we can also find sessions across the different themes that approach this um, idea of a sector that is based on uh, projects of co-creation, co-production. So similarly to digitalization, you would be able to find sessions across different themes on, on co-production and co-creation that I find very interesting. Excellent. Well, you're, you're involved with the Young Water Professional activities, and but we know that Young Water Professionals can be right at the forefront of things, for example, when working on PhDs. How, how do you see the contribution that Young Water Professionals can make in the sector? Yeah, so, so this question is very close to me because I remember being a PhD student um, while being a young water professional. Um, so if, if you think about it, so a young water professional that is part of IWA um, and is doing applied research is a person that has the possibility to be very well connected um, across the globe, um, has the opportunity to be aware of several issues that are happening um, and find patterns of solutions. Um, it's a person that um, has the awareness that end-user solutions are needed, has the awareness that sustainability is not a concept but an action. Um, and therefore, I think that this next generation of, of young water professionals has such a great opportunity to uh, achieve uh, so much through their applied research projects. Uh, so I'm all the time very excited to hear my peers um, about what they are doing on their research because they are developing what we will apply very soon. Um, so, and it has a great potential and it's all, um, you know, 
um, enhanced by the network. It's all enhanced by, by this connection across the sector. Okay, great. Well, young water professionals are certainly making an extra contribution at the Congress, though, and especially in the way that they're co-chairing many of the sessions. So how, how do you see this contribution and this opportunity? Yeah, it's right. So as you mentioned, the young war professionals have been um, engaging with this Congress uh, in, in different ways when compared to other editions uh, of, of the Congress. So one of them is as co-chair, as you mentioned. Um, the young war professionals were added as a co-chair um, for each session, or we tried to select a young war professional uh, as whenever possible to co-chair a session um, so that we would uh, um, ensure that they would be introduced to the network um, so that their faces are more recognized and that they can connect with other IWM members and, and other researchers that can maybe collaborate further on their research or um, create links and points of contact, you know, because I could be co-sharing a session uh, on, under a, a topic that it's maybe outside of my research area, but that will allow me to expand my understanding of the sector. And that has a lot of value to me. So both on connection and um, on broadening uh, or increasing my um, knowledge and expertise of the sector, I find this a great opportunity. Um, for young war professionals. Another thing that is very interesting uh, uh, and that was new was the addition of young war professionals to the program committee. So we have a lot of representation of young war professionals in the committee uh, and we will continue to have it. Um, and that will allow us to add so many more layers and opportunities of engagement that are tailored for the next generation of young water professionals. That's great, Ines. Thank you very much. And finally, for this week's podcast, let's hear from IWA President Tom Mollenkopf. Hello to you, Tom. Hi there. Great, uh, great to be chatting with you. Excellent. Now, it's been a great week. Can you reflect for a moment, please, on, on what we've seen this week in terms of diversity, uh, both in terms of the content and the participation? Yeah, of course. Um, look, let, let, let me open by saying, though, just how thrilled uh, we, uh, we all are at, uh, at IWA about how, uh, the, uh, how this digital conference uh, has, uh, has been going. Uh, we've been so impressed with the enthusiasm of the presenters, but also the early responses from, uh, from people who've been able to tune in. And what's really excited me is that we've been able to take, the, you know, frankly, some pretty awful times in terms of the impacts of this pandemic and we've been able to get a little bit of good out of it uh, through the ability to get out there with our reach into uh, into communities, uh, into members, and into people, hopefully, who will soon be members of IWA, uh, people who haven't perhaps otherwise had a chance to uh, uh, to participate uh, in uh, the uh, in the congresses uh, uh, on a face to face basis, but. Uh, what uh, what has been so very uh, very impressive has been the participation uh, the presenters from every 
every aspect of IWA. That is from emeritus professors through to our young water professionals, uh, from practitioners to researchers and, uh, and academics. And of course, we've covered all aspects of the water cycle, which is really the, one, of the, one of the truly unique things about IWA, our ability to capture the, the whole water cycle that, that's great and that I mean that really connects nicely with uh, the sort of bigger question where the out in the world there are diverse issues and challenges but but water connects things as well so you know, how bringing things together in a in a broad event presumably you see there's a value there how does this connect with these these challenges diverse challenges out in the world I think traditionally um... <laughs> Uh, people have seen the water sector and maybe the water sector itself has seen itself as, you know, the blokes, the guys, and they were traditionally were men uh, in, uh, you know, engineers in the back room. But w- w- what we're now recognising, and I think what we in the water sector are celebrating is that water is absolutely fundamental to our social environmental and economic well-being it's 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 truly an an enabler and so the themes that we're exploring more and more in IWA is about how 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 water uh, is going to impact not just through the provision of uh, uh, potable drinking water, but how it, how it interrelates with other uh, other elements. Uh, so the classic at the moment uh, is the uh, uh, energy uh, energy water food nexus. So this has been a really important topic for us. Importantly, from my perspective, though, uh, coming at things not from the the perspective of uh, being a, an engineer or, or a scientist, but uh, rather uh, as having a background in law and policy, the, 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 the thing that I've found very exciting is the opportunity that we are having through our, through our conversations in this uh, digital Congress around influencing policy so that good science is starting to inform good policy. Fantastic. And and again, bringing that back to uh, to IWA and its value as a broad organisation, uh, can you connect this to to that value of IWA? And for you, at the start of your presidency, how, how that value you you see that value? IWA has always been a very important personal uh, 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 so, uh, relationship for me. Uh, it, it's because it's I guess it enriched me at so many levels. It, uh, it, it has the capacity to deliver value to us as individuals through our technical uh, knowledge, uh, through our broader uh, knowledge uh, of uh, uh, the, uh, the, the impact of uh, policy on our, our communities and the environment. But then it also has this wonderful, uh, these wonderful opportunities to advance ourselves in our relationships with like-minded people around the world. 
and I, and and the thing that encouraged me to stay on in IWA and to to increase my involvement in IWA was the fact that I met so many incredibly bright and exciting people. And hopefully that's been, you know, the, the secret of my success. Uh, not that I was the smartest person in the room, but I knew how to find the smartest person in the room. And that, and, and that's IWA. Uh, it, it's really, really clever people coming together to do great things. That's fantastic, Tom. And, and so I guess then finally, Presumably, then you're looking forward to the the second week. The second week, uh, if we can uh, if we can maintain the pace of the first week, I'll be absolutely thrilled. That's fantastic. Thank you very much, Tom. Thanks very much. And there we have it: a great first week that clearly means a lot to a lot of people. And as Tom says, we're all looking forward to an equally impressive second week. I'm Keith Hayward. Thank you for listening.